the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. The Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes to the phone lines. We go. It's our guy. Guy, guy. Chris Carter. He's on the phone. He's been kind enough to join us just about this time every single week as we roll through the offseason. CC, how we doing, partner? I'm doing great. How y'all doing? There goes we in the building, Mama. baby. You know what time it is. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? How we living over there, man? You didn't get left off bad and bougie. No, I did not get left off bad and bougie. No, it's all right. You know, I had an early morning. I was over at Highmark Stadium talking to Pitt Athletic Director Heather Light. Oh, shout out to about Heather. The- Absolutely. Yeah, so that was dope. I'll get to talk to her about, you know, the ACC championship football team, you know, that uh, that did pretty well this year. All right, you guys got the rest had- of this segment. I'm just going to go uh, have some lunch. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, mean, I mean, not oh. just that. I mean, she, she also put out one of the best quarterbacks in all of college football this yeah, year. Did she say anything about well. the basketball team? <laughs> no, no, not a thing. That was the one guy. You know, I you know, I had it in my notes here. I must have lost that part of my notes. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take Wes to say something. Well, no, of course, Chris, right before we went to break in the last segment, he was making all these Aaron Donald references, you know? I already had him all the way up. He was ready for you. As soon as you came in here with that, oh, it was icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> all right, Mr. Carter. Uh, funny, funny time is over. All right, it now it's hot. time. Now it's time to discuss some very serious topics. Like, if you were commissioner of the NFL for a day, what would you do with the Pro Bowl? <laughs> this is very serious. It's a hard-hitting oh, show here. <laughs> I. I just I, I stopped making. I mean, you got to keep doing it because you're making money. But like, you know, if, if the, the touch thing is stupid, the, if you, I, I think flags would make sense. You know, maybe some other fun skill competitions. I really think, and I, I thought this for a, for a while now. What people always do get up for is proving who has the best player at this or the best player at that. And and the wacky skills competition is one thing. But, like, what if players – and, and most – I think I may have talked to this before, but I want your opinion on this, too. Mm-hmm. Would players get up for be, being able to prove who's the fastest Yes. Listen, or, or like, 1,000%. Like, I used to love even the old school where it was like who could throw the ball the furthest. Then it was who right. could bench the most. Then they – if yeah. I remember correctly, they did have a 40 dash. Like, it was like some type of sprinting element to it. Absolutely, man, because – we're all very prideful as NFL players. We all feel like we're the best at what we do, not just statistically. We also feel like athletically we're just that much better than the competition. So I do think that that could easily make it more exciting. I don't know how long or sustainable that would be, but I definitely think that it would be an exciting element for the players. They would definitely enjoy that. I mean, just just something along those lines, because like the, the flag football game itself that lends itself to not involving the linemen, but like, Imagine this, and this I kind of rip off the NHL a little bit, but you took maybe the best offensive linemen from each division and tried to form your their own offensive line group, and you have like a sled-pushing competition where you have five-man sleds, and you see how, how, how long can you push, how, how far can you push this sled as a group in this amount of time? 
and that could be another competition that you have to say, like, who, who are the better offensive linemen in the league, or even single-slip competitions for each lineman. But, but stuff like that, man, like, like we, we get all marched up for the combine every year. We're about to do it in a couple weeks now, you know, but I, I, I really think that that's something that, 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 that the NFL could incorporate because the game itself is boring. Like, we all watch it, and it's just like, what, what are we what are we looking at? <laughs> yeah. But, like, if you saw that yeah. stuff, It'd be a little fun. I think it'd be trash talk. It'd be cool. I mean, but, but we all know the whole thing with the Pro Bowl. It's just another game of football that people turn on. It gets ratings. It gets money. And they're not going to stop doing it until it does. What they need to do is Twitch streamers from Madden call the plays. Oh, no, that yeah. actually would be because we were thinking of a pros versus Joes type of concept. No, Arthur Moses was thinking I, I want, of a pros versus Joes because he pros, wants to break some Joe no, in half. No, because, CC, I said that if we go pros versus Joes, I fall in the Joe category now. And I simply said that I'm putting somebody to sleep if I'm a Joe. That's all I said. <laughs> and I can get away with it because I'm a Joe. I'm a radio guy. That's all. I'm radio and YouTuber. He's trying to catch that, a body. That's, that's what I am. So I think I should be in the Joes team. I want to be with the Joes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Joe's versus pros. Arthur, you would get in there, you, but you'd be so tired after, like, one, after like one drive, man. Like, uh, like you can't you, listen, 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 I'm going to catch me one of these dudes, okay? <laughs> all, all I need is one, and it's a wrap after that. You know, Come on, Chris. All it takes is one one Joe to get a pro. If one Joe not got a pro, it's a wrap. And I'm just throwing me in the Joe category because I like me right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Silly. Silly. <laughs> oh, it's Chris Carter with us here on the Steelers Blitz. All right, now to a legitimate topic. Yes, yes. Let, let's talk about some more because uh, it was other football being played this weekend. And, in fact, one that had maybe the best quarterback in this year's draft <gasps> playing in it. I mean, Malik Willis is pretty good. I don't know if I go that far. Exactly. Uh, That's why I got to talk about Kenny Pickett, baby. Obviously, hurt. he was in the senior bowl. What was your thoughts on his performance in the senior bowl? Do you think he helped himself, hurt himself? I think he furthered the the the. I think he furthered what I thought of him as the best decision maker of this draft class when it comes to the quarterback position. He was the only guy that completed every single pass he threw. He completed six for six. I believe it was 89 yards and a touchdown. And, yes, his touchdown was more of just a check down to an open guy who took it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But that was part of – that's been, always been part of what Kenny does very well is that when he when a defense gives you something, he takes it. And that's something that I think other quarterbacks weren't – that's not what Willie Willis was able to do. Now, granted, I also think both Willis and Pickett were at a disadvantage because those first-team defensive lines were absolutely crushing. Oh, there were some dogs. <laughs> there were some dogs out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every play, Malik Willis was just like, well, I better stop now because they're <laughs> here. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I thought Kenny you know, represented himself well. The biggest thing that I think I have the NFL on that can fit the ball 20, 30, 40 yards downfield into tight passing windows because I won't get as many one-on-one opportunities with Jordan Addison up against, you know, a, a cornerback from Virginia University uh, to, to go up and just destroy the other team. I have to be able to, to fit it down there. And the one deep passing through was low to a wide-open guy, but I do think he can show that. Again, he, he threw several amazing passes this year, shattered ACC records. He, he's going he's gonna to get more chances to show that. That's the biggest thing moving forward. But I thought he did he did well enough to say, hey, you know, he's still in that consideration to be QB1 this year. And something I realized, Fitz never had a QB1 in an NFL draft despite Dan Marino. So um, that's, uh, I think, 
he's still fighting himself well. I think the other thing is that, you know, none of the quarterbacks are really distancing themselves in this conversation. Now, I noticed you were really particular when you were speaking about Kenny saying that he was the best decision maker in this draft, but you didn't call him the best quarterback in this draft. Do you have a different quarterback that you feel is the best quarterback in this draft? I'm just going off of what you said. You know when I get to talking with you. You, you, my lawyer friend. You feel me? Every, he chooses his words. I, I feel like very I gotta like I gotta yeah. listen to single word that you say and do not say. Okay. So, with that being said, is there a different best quarterback in this draft to you? Dang, most you had to hit me with the education. <laughs> you, you saw me not answering the question, and then you make me answer the question. What are you? What are you? Wow. I mean, are we talking to a loyal pit man here? Or what? Asking for a friend. Do you know? I studied political science, which means I know how to not answer a question. Uh, but uh, but in all seriousness, when it comes to Kenny, I mean, I I say Kenny, I think, is the top quarterback of this class because because I think he's the most all-around put together. But that's also because I, I don't know. We always get surprised by quarterbacks in years. Like, nobody thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be what he is in his draft class. Correct. You know, maybe the Chiefs did, but – if, if people no, the, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs did, they would have picked him a lot earlier. They would have moved. Right. They, would have, they would have traded up. To he, the absolutely, first absolutely. Right, and, and I, I just I think that there's a, there's always the possibility that a player could catch you off guard there. It's like I don't want to say, oh yeah, Kenny's just far and above the best quarterback out there. But when I look at what these guys have done with their careers, I think he's done putting together the best string of, hey, I can be a good decision maker here, I can do here. But the thing is, is that I think that, you know, Malik Willis, stronger arm, but, you know, more athleticism can move around. But Malik Willis, what he lacks is his accuracy and his and his decision making. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm about to say, man, and, I like what you got going on over there. I hear you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more so that I think Kenny is the most NFL-ready right now among the guys that are that are in this class. Um, like if you were to start him on a team where he had a good offensive line and a run game and a really good defense, you could I, I could see him winning games for you and developing into a better NFL quarterback. Um, but I could also see a, a quarterback like Malik Willis, if he's put in the right situation to give him time to grow, maybe someday he puts it all together and is an extremely dangerous quarterback in today's NFL. Chris Carter with us here on the Blitz. Uh, sticking with that, right, the – Last time the quarterback wasn't the number one overall pick in the draft was 2017. We had to wait all the way until the second pick when it was Mitch Trubisky to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I've seen a lot of people, though, like, oh, what if every quarterback is still on the board at pick 20? What would the Steelers do? That's just not realistic, okay? I don't care what year it is. I know that there's not the the Joe Burrow or the Trevor Lawrence this year or maybe even the Kyler Murray, right? But this, the quarterbacks are not all lasting till the 20s. That's just not happening. Realistically, could there be every quarterback except for one on the board when the Steelers pick? Maybe two. Off. How many quarterbacks do you think are gone by the time pick 20 rolls around for Pittsburgh? Well, I, I could ha- I could see at, at least three going before the, the Steelers come up. Um, you know, you got you know Jacksonville. They're not going to take one at, at, at first overall. But, I mean, you can't rule out Detroit, can't rule, rule out Houston, um, you can't rule out Carolina. Washington. You definitely they're another Washington. one in there. Yeah. Den- Den- Denver should be that mix. And mm-hmm. beyond everyone else, the Saints. And I think the Saints may be in the biggest position to draft a uh, a rookie quarterback because their salary cap situation is so rough. They can't afford to go get a veteran mm-hmm. quarterback. So, 
Um, you know, there's at least five or six teams in front of the Steelers who are in a position to get a rookie quarterback, and we all know how itchy the trigger finger gets on people yes. when they're when they're talking about we're talking about oh this could this be the quarterback. So if I'm the Steelers, if one of them falls, if if Kenny Pickett falls to your twenty, yeah, do do your little dance and be happy and go get him. <laughs> but I just don't see it happening because there's too many teams that are going to want to pull that trigger first. Now, with that being the case, or at least the anticipation with the teams ahead of us and knowing the quarterback need right now, we've also been seeing reports or speculation that of, of a trade with a Jimmy G type player could no. be in the works. Now, no, no, but this is what I want no. to know. No, no, listen though. Check it out. In the sense of if you're not drafting a Kenny Pickett, if you're not going to get a Malik Wiss, you're not going to get a Desmond Ritter, what do you, Chris Carter, do in terms of addressing this quarterback position? Because obviously we know people will speculate Jimmy G. They'll speculate Derek Carr, but that's them. I want to hear what you would do. Yeah, I'm not going to go all there. I'm going to scope around and see what are the cheap guys you can set up. You know, could you get Gardner Minshew for a really cheap deal, like a seventh rounder? Uh, you know, I doubt that you could because they that's the whole reason they got him over in Philly. But, you know, I, I look at, you know, the Marcus Mariota, the Terod Taylors, um, just like the, 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 even Jameis Winston. Like, you know, who, who yeah. can you pay you know, $8-ish million dollars a year for and say, this is, you know, this is the veteran we're bringing in. Your job is to compete with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, and maybe you draft a, a, a rookie quarterback in the later round. Maybe Carson Strong in the third round or so, um, or, or, or you know, that Bailey Zach kid, or you know, or Kalen Ellaby in like the fifth or sixth round. You know, but you know, but you gotta you gotta go and you, if you're not going to go get one of those top dudes, you gotta go get another veteran to push Mason Rudolph because, like as Tomlin said, neither him nor Haskins has earned the starting spot. So. Uh, this is good. If I'm the Steelers, I think the best way to look at this is a four-way quarterback cap battle with two guys that have been on your roster, one better hasn't been on your roster, and a rookie. And then you see where it plays out. And if somebody emerges as a, as a really good starter, great. If nobody really emerges, then you're like, okay, let's go with the guy who's most ready to assume our, our, our offense, and we're going to be a defensive team that runs the ball really well. Um, so that, that's the route that I'm taking. But I'm, I'm not taking no contract that put that makes me pay for – you know, $27 oh, yeah, million dollars for a quarterback. Even one as handsome as Jimmy G. I was going to say, 20-plus, 30-plus with this roster. No. No. <laughs> it's not good. Right. It's not good. Uh, all right, Mr. Carter, before we let you go here, I uh, need to, of course, get your thoughts on um, what we all thought was most likely the outcome. Now been made official, and that, of course, is Terrell Austin being promoted as Pittsburgh Steelers defensive coordinator. Um I, I would just love your reaction on this. I know, you know, a lot of people, if they, they hear that promotion word again on the table and get angry, this feels a little bit different, though, where you sit on this decision by uh, by Mike Tomlin, by the Steelers and company. I mean, Terrell Austin was brought to the Steelers to someday do this. Like, this was all part of the plan. Since he's been with the Steelers, the secondary has played well. Uh, Micah Fitzpatrick has come in and played very well. They've been creating turnovers, which for years was what everyone screamed and banged at, banged, like threw their televisions out windows about Pittsburgh. <laughs> didn't have any defensive backs who could create turnovers. Now you do, and Terrell Austin is, is, is a big part of that. And um, I also think that when you look at what he's done and what Micah Fitzpatrick talks about Terrell Austin when he, when he uh, brings him up, there's a lot of confidence there. But the, there's – and, Wes, you and I have talked about this on Locked on Steelers. It's important – to have a guy, a coach who not only you know knows what what it takes to be a defensive coordinator because he's done this before, but also knows your organization and knows your players. This is a guy who now 
when he when he shows up in the meeting room and he has and he's putting plans together and he's talking with the different position coaches and talking to different players that there's not an unfamiliarity there's not a there's not a breaking of the ice that has to happen now it's just a hey we know what works for these guys let's make this a little bit better than we had it last year that's where i see the biggest thing for Ter- Terrell Austin is that he's going to bring that familiarity. He knows what, what, what those guys are working with. And again, you know, for the people who are saying, oh, he's, he's, a, he's an internal promotion, in that, in that right, most people are going to be internal promotions because you don't just hire guys outside of the organization uh, without the idea that, hey, maybe someday they can work their way up. They hired him as, as a secondary coach. He, he stayed along for, several, for, for three years. He, uh, he did a good job. And now you reward that by bringing him up and promoting him to the defensive coordinator position. Um, for those who are asking, will he or won't he call the plays? I think that's actually much of a big con- of a concern that people make it out to be, uh, simply because you know I I think that one the defensive play calls haven't been the issue. The, the issue has been the attrition that has befallen the Steelers' defense late in seasons that they've seen serious injuries and haven't been able to, to respond to uh, with you know guys stepping up in the lower part of the roster. So. Um, I, I don't think that that's a real big problem. I think that, you know, when it comes to defensive coordinator position, even if they don't quote-unquote call the plays, they um, – and most – I want to get your thoughts on this too. You know, people said that, you know, Keith Butler – and Keith Butler said, you know, he didn't call the plays. Mike Tomlin called the plays. But, you know, people try to say, well, then the defensive coordinator, what does he just do? He just stands around. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's just stealing a paycheck down there. <laughs> right. I'm just like, but do you guys not understand how every every week, you know, you're going, you're going, you're putting together, you know, the game the, the, planning, you know, schematics. Okay, so yes, absolutely. What, is, what does this group do? What does this group do well? Let's combine. Okay, so the secondary plays this type of coverage really well. The the, the defensive line is good at is good at these kind of pass rushes. The the, the edge rushers they do this. The off ball linebackers they do this. Now we have to put this all together. That's going into the game planning. Like like. That, Awarding, uh, but people don't understand that because they're just like, I can't call a play in Madden. Right. So if Mike Thomas takes my play calling away, he's doing too much, and I'm just like, oh, shut up! You don't know football. He's, I, I see, he's doing at, other voices now. Yeah. He's really part of the show because I kind of look at it like the DC, in, in a sense, is the one that is gathering all the, the the ingredients, right? They're putting all, okay, we want to do something with steak. Exactly. Right, let's get a steak. We want to do something with, you know, pork. All right, we get a pork. And then from there, Coach T, he's the master chef. He's the guy that's going to put it all together before it goes out there to you, and you get the final presentation of well, it. I like but that. Both so he's guys work together. Absolutely. But both guys work together. You can't have... Gordon Ramsay, hey, you go out there and find every ingredient. You go out there and prep all the food ahead of time. You go out there and do all this, this, and then I also want you to be the showman. I want you to also have it nice and neat, and then go out there with the uh, with That's the display and the garnishment. It's like you're not doing that week in and week out. That's a lot. That's why guys try to take that off of their plate. You look at Sean, you think about Andy Reid. They're trying to find people that can help with those yeah. areas. Yeah. So with this, I don't think it's any different. I understand why people could be upset about it just because it feels like status quo, but is different. It, it, it definitely is. No, I agree. I I, I, I think that there's most in West. You both know what the deal is. People love to complain. If they don't, no. if they don't have everything, they want, it's got it's got to it's got to be. We got to complain about this. And this guy be fired. We got to do something completely different. The Steelers have always been about moving forward, having a plan. You know, being an organization, and an organization involves you know making informed decisions. And being consistent and finding and finding what you got to do to keep stepping forward, and just taking random swings at random guys out there, you know, isn't always the solution. Sometimes you bring in an outside hire like Todd Haley, and you do it because, hey, we need to change. 
taste. Like they needed to preserve Ben Roethlisberger's career, and they did a very and Todd Haley did that did that job. But you look at this defense; it's not play calling that's the problem. It's hey, you know what? They had certain guys that that weren't available. Other guys got old, like Joe Hayden and Devin Bush didn't return to form. So you know what you look at this year is like, all right, let's let's short the let's short the cornerback position in free agency. Let's maybe get another linebacker to pair with Bush, so it's better than him and Joe Schobert from last year. And let's make sure whether Stephon two is back or not, we're going to have a full complement defensive line, and that defense can get right back on it. Because I guarantee you, even for for another year, if they had done that, this group would have been right back in the top five conversation, yeah. like it was the last two years before this. So. I just I think people are putting too much weight on these type of things because they don't know what else to do with their time. <laughs> uh, but for me, uh, this, I, I think it's a good move because it, it keeps continuity and he's going to be able to put his fingerprints on defense. And I am intrigued to see how that relationship goes with Mike Tomlin in the coming years. Well, Chris, um, I know when you first started talking, you said that people always complain. That's what they do. Well, yes. first off, I never complain. But <laughs> I do. And as Uh-oh. I said, I never complain. But I do have a complaint with the fact that you've been up here. We've been having a great conversation. The Migos, the band yeah. is together. But you've been yeah. trying to be real strategic and killing the clock so you don't have to give us a prediction in the game this weekend. <laughs> I just I want you to know that, that I, I, I got to get that answer from you before we done today, okay? Because I, I feel like you you tried to just stall us out. You didn't want to answer about the he quarterback conversation the all the way. He was over here like four corners. They asked him a quarterback. Go four corners, all right? What's, what, what are we getting this weekend, man? Is it hell to pit? Uh, well, it's, it's hell today the way because <laughs> Tyler Boyd versus Aaron Donald, baby. Yeah, I mean, you're, that's it. Hey, hey, only... West, West Virginia grads are starring in this game. Let me know. It got real quiet in here all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, it got so quiet in here Quentin all of a sudden. Spain left guard for the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. I mean, what are we doing here? I thought we just said the Bengals old line is like the worst thing on their team right now. Oh, really? <laughs> They're in the Super Bowl mode. No, no, we said that's the worst thing on their team yeah, right well, now. That's just your opinion. No, no, no. You even said it. You that was your quote. You was like, man, they can get Joe Burrow killed. This old line is terrible. Hey, they got he got sacked <laughs> nine games, nine times in Tennessee, and they still won. They're doing all right. Yeah, oh, I, you know, you guys, you can push my butt. Yeah, because you know, because because Pitt's the only school that has somebody on both teams. They're the only one. I think they are. Jabronis. They're not. There's LSU players on both teams. There's Alabama players on both teams. There's Oklahoma. That's just off the top of my head. Is there Aaron Donald Tyler Boyd equivalent? That's all I'm trying to figure out. That tag team. Do you have that? Yes. I wait. Go ahead. Name it. Yes. Um, Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase. Odell Beckham, Jamar Chase. They ain't AD. Yeah, but they're both better than Tyler Boyd is. But collectively, putting two together versus AD. AD and Tyler Boyd together. Well, you put anybody with Aaron Donald. So I mean, geez. once again, you're <laughs> just you put me with Aaron Donald. You're just, you're just <laughs> what, what further proving the point. Yeah. What? What point? You, what, you, what you think you, I lie? No, no. You know what I the don't point lie. is? The point I'm an is, honest man. What do you want to say? Talk about Aaron Chris, Donald. Chris, you ready for this? The point is, yeah. hell to pit. That, that's the point. Hell to pit. Hell to pit. If I was to answer your question, though, most your original question, who do I have this weekend? I have the Rams. I just. One of the one of the formulas that I always put into deciding games is how much better is one group's defensive front than the other group's offensive line. Mm. Compare it, you know, so, vice versa. So Aaron Donald is quitting spades. What you talking about right here? That, Quentin Spades. What you talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. C- continue then. Continue. I'm just just clearing this out. Okay. No, but that, that's what I'm saying. And, and, and not just Donald. The entire Rams front is going to be a problem. Uh, I think Von Miller really came on strong in these playoff runs. He reminded people why he's always been a generational pass rusher that someday will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Um, and, and I think that this could be a game where he terrorizes Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a tough son of a gun. He is. He, he deserves all the credit for helping this team get to where, where it's at. But, man, I think that he's up against it because this is also a team with a secondary with Jalen Ramsey to go up against Jamar Chase. This is the, I think this is just the wrong matchup for the Bengals. If this, if this is the Niners, I would have picked the Bengals because I think that they would have matched up really well uh, with, their, with their secondary. But uh, th- this time around, I think the, the Rams, they got the smoke for the, for the Bengals this week. You got a score prediction for us? Oh, score prediction. Oh, let's, uh, let's go. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. I was going to pick a winner. All right. Let's, oh, score prediction. Go. Wait a minute. Let's go. Let's go thirty to twenty. Let's go thirty twenty. It's and double and like, digits. Okay. And what's going to happen is it's it's, it's going to be like it's going to be kind of like a, a makeshift double digits because this, uh, Joe Joe Burrow's going to be driving down the field while down three points in in the fourth quarter, and then he's going to uh... throw a pass to like Eric Weddle or Jalen Ramsey will pick six of them, and then uh, and then that'll be what puts the Rams over the top. So thirty twenty, I got the Rams. Hey, I tell you I what, like if, it. It, if it comes down to a, a last possession scenario type thing like that, where it's only a three-point game late, I'll take it. That's all I'm hoping and for. And 20-plus points by both teams, that'll be exciting. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Chris Carter, our friend here, uh, kind enough, our guy to join Mama. us every single Monday. Locked on Steelers podcast. Make sure you're subscribing and listen to all the great work he's doing there every single day. Uh, you also hear him here, DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI. He's all over the place. Buddy, thank you for all the time. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, fellas. Always great to join Amigos. <laughs> there he is, Chris Carter. Great stuff from him, as always. Ooh, I tell you what, that guy, he's, he's, he's good. I t- you know, I, that was good by you, though. He definitely do- was dodging your, he was dodging. Uh, your QB question. He was trying to dodge. It's like, no, 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 we're I mean, not dodging today. Listen, how, I mean, how big of a pit man can you be if you're not willing to go out on a limb for Kenny Pickett? That's all I, I mean, would, Don't I they call him Kenneth Pickett? I, I really, I don't follow him He ain't going like to go that. out on a I limb mean, for yeah. that guy? Sheesh. I mean, he's ain't, their guy. Ain't no love in it's, the heart it, of the city. It's just him and Dan Marino or, or Danny Marino. Because I don't know if they call, him, they call him Danny. Him and Danny Marino. Listen, he put some respect on Nate Peterman, all right? Oh, oh my. I, I was, I'm a little scarred on the Nathan Peterman situation. Forgive me. I met him in the NFL. I didn't know it was collegiate. Uh, yeah. Uh, huh. They put some respect on Tyler <laughs> Palco's name. <laughs> 412. 919. Nate Washington, Tunchilkin. Those are the digits to dial. We got a couple of you guys on hold. We'll get to you uh, during the break, get you up and on uh, screened in the system and everything. We'll also get to your tweets. We've seen them rolling in throughout the show. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. That is where you can get at us. Your questions, your comments, concerns, reactions. Um, it is Super Bowl week. You got any initial Super Bowl thoughts? We'll take those. We got some Pro Bowl fixes. We got some thoughts on the promotion of Terrell Austin as Steelers defensive coordinator. We'll get to all of that as we wrap up the show on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.